You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Episode 101 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band The Overtones. The Overtones are a three-piece melodic punk band hailing from Sydney, Australia, with influences ranging from The Jam, Ramones, Sex Pistols, and Green Day. The Overtones will be sure to scratch any punk rock itch that you may have. For more information on The Overtones, you can check them out on Spotify, Facebook.com forward slash The Overtones Aust, that's A-U-S-T, and ReverbNation.com forward slash The Overtones Aust, A-U-S-T. Now here it is, their new single, Running Around.
Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hey, this is Jen from the Bomb Pups. And this is Polly, and you're listening to That One Time on Four. One for the road, cause it's going on and on. We'll be driving through the darkest night until the break of dawn. We'll be heading for the cities, another show for us to play. To get back in the van tomorrow. Hey everybody out there in podcast land, what is going on? As always, this is Chris Swinney, your host for that one time on tour. If you're joining me for the first time, this is my podcast where I get to sit down with somebody in or around the entertainment industry and have a stellar conversation. Thank you so much for checking out last week's episode with my buddy, Mr. Dewey Halpless over at the Peer Pleasure Podcast. It was episode 100, big milestone. I'm really stoked. Like I said, uh, most podcasts don't even get into the triple digits. I think it's like only 4%, 3% of podcasts get to 100 episodes. So thank you guys out there for listening because you really made it happen. This is a lot of fun. I love doing this show, and we're going to go for at least another 100, hopefully two or three more 100 episodes. But on the program this week, I got to sit down and have a chat with Jen and Polly from The Bomb Pops. Yes, I have two guests on today's program. This is Jen's second time on the program, and this time Polly decided to join her, and we had a great conversation we talked all about the Bomb Pops' new record, Death in Venice Beach, out now on Fat Records. So before I get into my conversation with that, I want to know how you guys are doing. This virus thing is crazy. I I just, I feel like, I don't know, you know, I lived through 9-11, I've lived through a bunch of stuff, but this is, this is insane. It's just, it's the not knowing when it's going to end. I've been out of work now for over a month. And, you know, I'm just, we're waking up every day trying to take the kids outside. So they have some sort of normal scene. We're not just stuck in the house all the time, but the weather in Indiana is not the best in April. It was like 80 degrees two days ago and we have a freeze warning tonight. So, you know, we're just trying to, my wife and I are trying to make sure that the, the kids don't really worry. I mean, they're young, they're toddlers, so they don't really know what's going on. I was going to pick up dinner tonight, you know, full masked out and everything and my son's like, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to get food, buddy. And he said, you can't go outside. There's a virus. 
So he's picking up on a little bit. We've explained it to him that there's there's some germs outside and, and we have to be very careful when we go out because we don't want to get sick. So I think that's a good thing to do, but just to tell the kids what's going on, but maybe not freak them out, you know. But uh, I want to know what's up with you guys, how this virus is affecting you. This has kind of taken over the format of the show a little bit. Every one of my new guests, we've talked quite a bit about it. And uh, it's no different with today. We talk a lot about it with Jen and Polly. So call the hotline 765-372-8818. Let me know how the pandemic is effect is affecting you, you know, financially, mentally, emotionally, whatever. I'd like to hear about it. And uh, we just all need to stick together and, and get through this. But before I get to my conversation today with Jen and Polly, get to pay some bills. The band at the beginning of the episode, all the way from Sydney, Australia, The Overtones. Make sure to check them out. You can go on over to Facebook.com or ReverbNation.com forward slash The Overtones Aust. That's A-U-S-T for Australia. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring today's episode. Also, Permanence Tattoo Gallery over in Anderson, Indiana. They are currently not open as, you know, tattoo shops aren't essential. Maybe they should be. I don't know. But they're not open right now. And to try to, you know, make up some of the lost money that they're losing right now, they've done a lot of really cool shirt designs and everything. And you can check all that out. Just hit them up on the socials. It's at Permanence Tattoo Gallery. Shout out to Jacob and everybody over there. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Merge Four Socks. I talk about them every week. They've been on this ride for a long time. They're a great company. They have amazing socks, and you can get them right now. Go to Merge4.com. And if you guys want to go to Merge4, you want to buy some cool socks, hit me up. I have promo codes for 50% off. They're one use only, so I'm not going to just you know give them out right now. But if you guys want to go to Merge4, hit me up, and I will take care of you, get you 50% off, because every little dime you can save right now is good. Last but not least, Start Famous, great merch print shop up in Canada. You guys need to get anything made for family reunion or your band or your company. Go to startfamous.com, and when you check out, use the promo code TOTOT10 and get 10% off your order. So if you guys have a band or a company and you want to sponsor an episode or two, you can hit me up. It's TOTOTpodcast at gmail.com or on any of the social media platforms at TOTOT podcast. And speaking of supporting the show, if you want to become a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast. It's a really cool community. And uh, I do some bonus content here and there for the patrons. There's three financial tiers that you can pledge and help the show out. It does cost some money to keep the podcast going. I would like to give a shout out to our Patreon producers, Mr. Bob Foster from Hemet, California, and John Exton from Stafford, England. Thanks, you guys. Thank you guys so much for being producers. And we have a new patron. It's our first patron from Japan. I'd like to give a shout out to Hiro from Kyoto, Japan. Thank you so much for signing up over on the Patreon. It means a lot to me, especially in these times. I hope that you guys are all safe and, uh, I don't know. It's great that you guys want to be a part of this ride with me. So thank you so much to all the patrons. If you guys don't want to do Patreon or any of that stuff, but you feel like this show is worth something, you can hit up my Venmo. It is at Christopher Swinney. That is C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-S-W-I-N-N-E-Y. And uh, that's that's it for me trying to get money from you guys. So uh, I have one cool thing today. I have a radio segment. So cue the theme music. (laughs) 
this edition of TOTOT Radio, I've been feeling pretty nostalgic lately as I've been stuck at home, not able to work or do anything. I've been going through some old boxes of memories and things from being in different bands and touring. And uh, I found a copy of this CD from a band that uh, I used to tour with quite a bit. They're a local kind of Indiana, central Indiana band that uh, my old band Chronic Chaos toured with all the time. They're a band called Corporate Circus, and uh, I've kind of lost contact with a lot of the guys. I talk to them on Facebook now and then, but man, I found their uh, No Place Like Home record, and it it's killer. It's so good, and it brought back all these memories of shows that we played in, in Indianapolis and Fort Wayne and Warsaw and all these different places, Marion, Indiana. Just It reminded me that back in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a really cool scene in the Midwest. I mean, especially around here in central Indiana, there were punk bands and hardcore bands and emo bands and ska bands. There were so many different kinds of bands and uh, it was just a really good time to be playing music and and I miss it. I, I'd really like to, I don't know. I'd like to have some of those old school guys from the Indiana bands come on the show and um, especially everybody from Corporate Circus. So I don't know if you guys are listening or not, but I've been nostalgic lately. I've been listening to your record quite a bit. I miss you guys. So shout out to Ryan and Josh and Corey and Jeremy and all you guys. Uh, great record and great band. And I'm going to play my favorite song I think you guys ever did. It is a song called Fake. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. You can check them out there. I just checked it out. They're on Spotify and Apple Music and everything. So this is Corporate Circus with Fake from their record from 2002, I think. Yeah, 2002, No Place Like Home. Here we go.
So there it was, Fake by Corporate Circus off of their 2002 record, There's No Place Like Home. Shout out to my boys in Corporate Circus. I miss you guys. Got to have you on the show real soon. If you guys like that song, you could check them out on Spotify and Apple Music and all of the streaming platforms. Just search for Corporate Circus. They're also on Facebook and all over the place. And I think they're still doing some stuff. Ryan's posted some new songs here recently. I don't know if it's like solo stuff or the band, but... uh. Yeah, man. Nostalgia. I love Corporate Circus. We had some good t- good times together, some good tours. Uh, if they come on the show, they'll have to talk about when they get, we got to Florida at six in the morning. We were all in one van. And uh, Corey, if you're listening to this, Corey got out of the van. We just eaten some food and it was the first time he'd seen the ocean and he jumped in the water and drank some salt water and got sick and ended up throwing up all over the place. So hopefully we'll tell that story a little more in depth when they're on the show. But uh, that is it for the intro. Thank you guys for listening. Um, If you could, wherever you listen, subscribe, rate, and review. It really goes a long way to help the show out. And it's the cheapest way to help the show out because it is free. It just takes a minute of your time. And that's it. Hit me up on the socials at TOTOT Podcast. And without further ado, I'm going to jump into my awesome conversation with Jen and Polly from the Bomb Pops. You guys are going to love it. There's a lot of COVID-19 talk, but also a lot of talk about their new record, Death in Venice Beach. Here we go. And I'm on the line with not one guest, but two guests, Polly and Jen from the Bomb Pops. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. (laughs) Hanging in. Yeah. Hanging in there. I hope you guys are staying safe and healthy during the pandemic, right? Yeah, same. Yeah. So uh, I know that a lot of people have been affected by this. I know that you guys just released a new record, Death in Venice Beach. And I know that you had a lot of like, you know, release shows booked and a big tour coming up. Has it been like just a, a crazy for you guys having to cancel everything? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like what you could imagine, it's just, 
it's messy and it sucks, you know? Yeah, for us, it was like um, this tour. We had our release shows that came. The LA one was the same day that our record came out. Um, we had three, two other ones in Southern California. And then we were going on a tour the following week. And all the major cities were selling out. Like It was projected that most of these shows would sell out on this tour. And... I mean, we've never sold out a show of our own before. So that was like a really big thing for us. Um, and something you kind of always want to strive for as a band. It's like, like, yeah, to sell out your own show is an incredible thing, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys are going to get to figure that out soon though. Yeah. Like within the next two years, whenever the shows start up again, right? Dude, yeah, it's gonna be longer than people think. It's not gonna be like I, I really don't think it's gonna be this summer or later this fall. I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah, it's, it's just like be. It starts getting really like overwhelming to think about because you know the, everything's getting pushed back. But what about the things that were already planned then? It's like impossible. It's like how I trip out on like, how do airlines like get it back on track when flights are canceled? Like everything is just going to be like pushed behind. So I, yeah, like I agree with what Jen's saying is I think that it is longer than we think. Well, yeah. And I don't think a lot of people listening maybe understand. I got into it pretty deep when I had Tim from avail on the show, but when you're booking a tour and you actually have a booking agent that is booking you, you kind of almost put bids in, in different markets at different venues. And so, like you said, there's stuff that's booked almost a year in advance. So trying to reschedule all this stuff might be kind of difficult because of things that are already going to be happening at those venues. Oh, it's going to be so difficult because when this blow, I mean, you know, nobody knows how to deal with this at all from every single level from people just on, you know, at a home, at a, at home level, on a school level, on a work level, on anything. So let alone how this is going to affect the music industry. We, nobody knows. And, um, I think everyone's, whenever the word is clear that people can start gathering together again, Every single band is going, every single band in the world is going to be wanting to play live shows again. It's going to be such a hugely oversaturated market. And also people are going to come out of this without much money. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have to charge lower ticket sales. It's going to, and this is our industry that has suffered for, you know, artists to make music because all we have now is touring. That's all we have. And now we don't have that. It's a really dangerous time to be in a band. <laughs> I just, I keep telling my wife, like every day I wake up and we look at the death toll and everything. It's, it's like we're living in a movie. Like it's insane. <clears throat> um, yeah. And I don't know. Uh, I, we didn't include this in a lot of our, you know, like our, our bio or any really the press stuff because if we, had no way to know that it was going to happen, but basically the, um, you know, we got word that it was officially like uh, considered a pandemic early in the week of our release to come out. And then on Friday there, like our, our record came out on Friday the 13th Yeah. during this pandemic, when this pandemic really hit the United States and we started to see 
um, you know, stuff being closed down. And we were still that day trying to maybe do our record release show, but it was that day that the um, mayor of LA was, you know, banned gatherings of more than a hundred or whatever. But um, the record is actually named after Venice is a novel that takes place in 1911 in Venice, Italy during the cholera pandemic. Wow. So it was pretty like, I don't, it was just a really strange coincidence. You can't, you couldn't have like planned that or thought too much about it, but yeah, our record came out Friday the 13th during an out pandemic named after a piece of art about a pandemic. It's pretty weird. You guys are like prophetic, <laughs> like the Simpsons. You guys called it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Exactly. I was while well, I was looking through uh, Netflix. I had just got back from a trip out west. I went out to Portland, Oregon, to see some family. And when I got back, I was on Netflix, and there was this brand new documentary about a virus, like a pandemic, that came out like a week before it hit. Oh my yes. god! I know. I still want to watch that. Isn't it called Pandemic? Or there's another one? Yeah, I believe it is. There's also like a movie from the '90s called Outbreak that got really big on Netflix too. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I know a couple of people that watched Outbreak. <laughs> um, but that's one of my worst fears as a child was the bubonic plague. Oh, really? <laughs> I, feel, yeah. I feel for you so bad, like, with this. Like, I can't even, like, it caused, like, I was so obsessed with it that it actually caused me to be, like, I severe, like, mental illness over it wow actually, like it's not even i'm not even exaggerating i don't know i obsessed about it i knew everything about it i um i was like and it wasn't necessarily like there were so many aspects of it that were like frightening to me yeah. but the one obviously you're dying and you're like bodies rotting and the stench and all of that but the main thing was that you couldn't see or touch or be near your loved ones. Like you all did die alone. Like nobody could touch you. You couldn't because you would get it. Yeah. And that's like what this is <laughs> without the body rotting. It's like. <laughs> so would, would either of you say that before this you were kind of a germaphobe? Like my sister is pretty much a germaphobe. So I know she's going crazy right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I was necessarily a germaphobe before. Before, but definitely more conscious about it now. Yeah. After having my kid, I was like, germs or like whatever, you know, <laughs> to get over it. But like, yeah, now it's just. It's different. Different, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I had to work through, like, I was when I was a kid. I really was. I had like severe OCD and it was, came from the, like, being worried about the bubonic plague. <laughs> but I didn't anymore. I didn't, but now, and I'm not. Even now, I'm not. Um, but, you know, I think we're going to come out of, like, um, when you go in a good way, people do need to be more conscious of themselves, and especially during the flu season. Um, everyone else goes out to the shows, and st people still go to work when they have the flu. Um, I think it's going to change the way that people... Um, I don't know it just made people more aware of their own of, of yourselves and, and and being socially responsible when, yeah. when you're sick and that's not something that we, we really do here we don't live in a place where you know if you work in a restaurant or you work um even in an office or wherever you still go to work when you're sick 
Yeah, definitely. And you have no option to do it. And that's actually clearly really dangerous. So hopefully the people, you know, become a little bit more aware after this goes away. So Polly, you know, being a parent, I'm a parent myself. I have two toddlers. Does it kind of, do you think maybe you have a different outlook on this because you're a parent and you want to make sure your son's safe and that everything, like, I know that for me, if I was, you know, the way I used to be, I didn't have a wife, I didn't have any kids, this would scare me, but I think I would maybe have a little, a little less to lose or less things to worry about with my kids. I almost want to just not leave the house because I want to make sure that for one, they're safe, but for two, I stay safe so I don't leave them at some point. Do you know what I mean? Right. No, totally. You kind of have that like mama bear, papa bear instinct. And also just protecting them from being scared. Like I realized how much my husband and I like are talking about it and the real numbers and everything in front of him. And so you have that kind of like where you want to protect them. You want them to know what's going on. Like he's seven. You have you, your kids are younger. So you know, they probably don't know. As much they don't really on. know what's going They just want to go to grandma's house. That's what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. And like, but then how do you explain that you can't, you know what I mean? It's like, so I, I don't know. I feel almost bad in a way that like, I have a kid right now that is alive that has to like do this because yeah. like Jen was texting me the other day, other day. Like I can't imagine having being seven and not being able to go play with your friends, go to school, go to dance class. Like, so but yeah, definitely. And with my, with being type one, I'm, you know, high risk because my immune system is compromised. So my husband will like go to the stores. He absolutely has to with the gloves and everything. And Adler stays home with me, but you know, that's all we can do. So, you know, speaking of, uh, being type one and being at high risk for that, I, I've been looking through a lot of the lyrics and stuff for the new record. I know the, the, that the song double arrow is actually references, a seizure that you had on tour in 2018. Can you kind of take me through what happened and, and, you know, was there any ill effects after that? Um, just a little like PTSD probably, um, with type ones, like it's not common, but it's not like rare that like we have seizures. Sometimes my dad has, my brother has had a couple seizures to type one as well, but, um, we were on tour uh, like long story short, kind of, we were on tour and um, we got up at the hotel, had breakfast, and I think I might have. I have two different types of insulin. One is like fast acting, and one I do in the morning is like a slow release, like drip almost for throughout twenty four hours. So I might have mixed those up. I might have just done too much insulin for what I was eating, and so we stopped at a gas station um, a little while after we left, and I went into the bathroom, and like as soon as I like flushed the toilet and like got up I was like whoa my blood feels low like it came on so quick and our tour manager his wife is type one and so he w he was carrying around one of those emergency glucagon pens um that's a big needle that you just jam into somebody if they are going low or having a seizure he, luckily he had one of those because I never carried one around before and mm -hmm. um I saw him in the gas station I came out of the bathroom went right to him and he it was happening. I couldn't even keep anything down. I was throwing up and he like brought me over to this like bench. And then I just woke up like a few minutes later with paramedics around me. Um, it was terrifying. I remember like seeing Jen when I woke up and just like, I was like, what happened? And didn't remember. It took a while for my memory to come back. Like 
you know, thankfully nothing, no, like, long-term damage. They do, like, all the, you know, CT scans or whatever. Um, and so I couldn't finish out the tour. I w- asked my tour manager, I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, you are going to be so sore tomorrow. And I flew home the next day and I got home and I couldn't barely move. Like, just because you realize all the muscles tense up and like the front of my neck, like everything. And my tongue was all ripped up and it was terrifying and definitely a big wake up call, which, you know, eventually led me to stop drinking and just really just focus on, you know, be on my health because back to the kid thing too, you, I got to be for him and that's my main you know, responsibility and motivation. Uh, my, my father was uh, type one as well. He got diagnosed when he was in college, like freshman or sophomore year. How early uh, did they find it for you? I was 16. 16. Yeah. My, my dad also super genetic. My dad was 16 as well. And then my brother who's seven years younger than me got it when he was four. Wow. Yeah, I, I can't imagine being 16 because you can kind of, you know, you can eat whatever you want. You've got that metabolism and then you have right. to start taking care of yourself and actually watching what you're eating. You know, it, it's crazy. I, well, right. And 16, you know, I like I was just got my license. I was just starting to like party and smoke weed and like rebel and like have my own little freedom a little bit. And so it was a rough time for sure. Like my brother it sucks he got diagnosed you know such a young age but at the same time then it kind of you're used to it like I lived 16 years of my life without having to worry about that so it took a while to get used to it's still still hard to get used to so when you guys are writing you know not just music but the lyrics for the new songs like I said I was going through a lot of the lyrics and you know there's the song that references the the fire at Notre Dame Cathedral and there's a lot of stuff that kind of it is called Death in Venice Beach, and you know you explain that it's after it's kind of inspired by that book. But there's a lot of references to Los Angeles and different things. Uh, was that a conscious effort, or did that just kind of all come together when you guys started writing? I think it was. It, I think it just kind of came together. It wasn't like we sat down and and the, and the title of the record was named after we were finished with the album. It was. It wasn't a before thing. Like let's sit down and. Um, you know, write a concept album. So I think that it, uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't a conscious thing. It just naturally happened. And when we were brought our songs together, we realized that there was a lot of themes that um, tied into each other, flowing between the songs, which was really cool. And that's why that title made sense when we were trying to name the record. Um, it's kind of about the struggle of uh, the artist and the price you pay to have an artistic life. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also kind of a cautionary tale as to, you know, people don't go out there. You can't just go out and say, I'm going to become an artist. And um, uh, it just kind of happens to you. And, and there's, and if you, sometimes you're absorbed by it so much that um, it consumes your life and, so yeah, it just—I don't think it was conscious. It came together naturally, though. Yeah. So you know, I know that from the last time you were on the the podcast, Jen, uh, that you spent a lot of time in Italy. You played with a band over there. You lived over there for quite a while. Have you been in contact with your friends in Italy? I know how hard they've gotten hit. Are they doing okay? Yeah, that is why 
Um, we called this tour earlier. We announced it as far as postponing it. Um, I had been in contact with them about it and they were the ones that really woke me up about it before it hit here. I'd be two weeks before, um, it really started to go down here. They were already on lockdown, you know, and they were, my friends were saying early on, your shows are going to be canceled. All of your concerts are going to be canceled over there. And if they're not, they should be, don't do it, but you will find out it will happen to you. And everything that they've said, everything has happened, um, within about a week's to two weeks difference. And, um, I think that they early on, that country has more regard for it's elderly. Yeah. They, um, you know, over here, we don't live with our grandparents or our parents. We don't really even see them that much in some cases. They're, they're very close with them. A lot of families live together and they took on the responsibility of it very early on to protect family members and their loved ones. And so yeah, it was crazy. It's just so, so crazy. Cause I remember when he, him, he was telling me about their shows being canceled through all of May. Um, and that's their whole livelihood. I was like, that is so crazy. That's some weird Italian shit right there. Of course you guys would do that. You guys are antiquated in how you deal with, you know, disasters and, you know, I can't, uh, that doesn't make sense. And he was saying, he's like, yeah, if I go to a restaurant, I have to sit two meters away from you. I was like, that can't, that doesn't even make sense. That's so stupid. And first it was the schools closing, but all the other stuff, or first it was the concerts and then it was the schools. but you could still go to the restaurants and the bars. And, and he's, it happened the exact same way here. And um, once the CDC released, that's when I really started paying attention to it. And once the CDC released, their thing saying that, you know, the most high risk people are elderly and people with compromised immune systems. I was like, well, we can't go on this tour. Can't go on this tour, regardless of what, what cities do. And at that point, I think Seattle had first shut it down. And then there was a couple other cities, but there was no risking it. There was no us getting on a plane with and us getting stuck somewhere um, or having just be, overly exposed to that. Yeah. I was, like I said, I was on this trip out West. I have some family on the West coast and uh, my mom was with me cause I took her to see her sister out in Oregon. And mm-hmm. the, the whole time we're on the way out there, she's talking about it. I hadn't even heard about it. And she was like wearing a mask in the airport and I was making fun of her. And yeah. we got back and the next day, like I teach guitar for a living in the store that I teach at actually closed down. I'm like, what's going on? Uh. And then everything happened all at once. And I, I just wasn't, I wasn't on the internet like the whole time that I was out West. I didn't know how bad it was and I got home and it just slapped me in the face. Yeah, I was, I felt a little bit um, fortunate to have that connection to them because first of all, I don't know how the world has ignored what's going on in China or Italy. It's amazing. And in Italy, they were saying, we're lucky that it happened to China first before it happened to us because we learned and we're doing exactly what they're doing. We're shutting everything down. And he was saying, you guys are going to have a huge problem because your country is not addressing it. And it's there. He's like, it's there. Everyone's walking around. Your country is testing people. And, and Italy has some of the higher death tolls because they're actually reporting 
and being honest about their cases and they're able to test people. And as you see every day, it's more and more cases. It went from 5,000 to 20,000. Yeah. It's because people are getting tested. And that really opened up my eyes too. He sent me these two documentaries on YouTube um, about what happened in China. And that's, I watched those immediately and called our manager and was like, this, we got it. This is not happening right now. So speaking of your manager, a good friend of mine, Mr. Rick DeVoe. Yes. So uh, he was just on the show a couple of weeks ago. You know, we'll get we'll get away from some of the virus talk. I'm sure we'll get back into it at some point because it's all anybody's thinking about. But why don't you take me kind of down the road of how you guys and Rick got hooked up? Um, Either of you, well, by the way. It, it's kind of weird. I'm looking at both of your faces right I know. now. <laughs> well, it's funny because Polly and I grew up in North County, San Diego. Carl Vista. We both lived in Oceanside at one point. And Rick DeVoe is, lives in um, Lucadia. But growing up in Carlsbad, he was actually lived in my dad's neighborhood. And I remember figuring this out when I was in middle school because we were watching the Urethra Chronicles. And that yeah. part when Tom's sitting on a curb and he's talking about how he listened to Screeching Weasel and Descendants, which is how I know about Descendants yeah. of Screeching Weasel was from that documentary. But I kept rewinding it because I was like, that's my neighborhood. That's He's sitting on the curb. That house is definitely in our neighborhood. And it turned out it was Rick DeVoe's house. So we'd ride our bikes over there and kind of stalk Rick DeVoe. And <laughs> he'd give out stickers and stuff. His wife was always really nice. Um, so he's always been a local legend. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I went over... Uh, Oh, we met him through Mike. Mike. Mike hooked us up basically with Rick. And he said, uh, you know, uh, I've got this band and um, I don't know. I think you really need to manage him kind of thing. And that's basically how it worked out. Has, has it been pretty cool? I mean, Rick really knows his stuff. He's a hard worker as far as the management side goes. Yeah, it's been super cool. It, we were just about to do some really rad stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> we know he's a hard worker because he's had to go through and fix all this bullshit that's happening <laughs> so did, yeah. did you uh like talk when you guys got to be friends and everything and he wanted to work with the band did you mention the fact that you used to stalk his house on your bike when you were young <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think he actually i remember he said he's like yeah i like your band and everything but he's like i like it so much more that you guys are from here he really has a lot of uh he's pride from for community and he does a lot with his community he's really involved um, North San Diego has a kind of small town vibe and everybody knows everyone. He's really connected. So he, uh, you know, after he agreed to work with us, he even liked that aspect of it a lot more, I think. That's awesome. Okay. So, uh, the, I wanted to talk a little bit about the sliding into the bomb pops DMS. I, I know that that, uh, I mean, I follow you guys on all the social networks and I'm pretty plugged in with some people at fat records. So like I, I saw it right away, but then just the reach of that people that aren't even in like the DIY punk community that are sharing it on Twitter and sharing it on Facebook. I mean, I think it's a wonderful idea and I've talked to some other, you know, females I've had on the podcast that really appreciated kind of what you guys did because there's a lot of douchebaggy guys out there. And then from what you guys put on that video, it's, it's apparent that there is, uh, did that, did you see like a decline in messages that you guys got? Like, what was the response from that when you guys put that out? Uh, as far as, well, I don't know. I think 
the dams keep coming. I don't think they've really slowed down. They definitely haven't slowed down. <laughs> I don't know. Did did you notice a difference in the type of DMs or like like a different? There was a few people that kind of you could tell were going for it, trying and then trying to and then kind of trying to be fine with it. But for the most part, the DMs like initially after that came in with guys being like apologizing that weren't even that didn't do anything. I yeah. just like say I'm so sorry, I'm so embarrassed to be a man. Um, and I'd like to leave you with a really nice compliment. I think your music is awesome. You guys put out fantastic songs, whatever. Trying to feel like I think people need to compliment you on, more on your music or whatever. And that's fine. And then um, there's still like a steady influx of people that either didn't see the thing <laughs> or just don't care. Um, a lot of, because after we posted like the you know a few of the first ones and then people were like commenting on the re more recent ones being like oh these are just now people are just trying to get on it and they're just and i'm like no these are still like we you know hollywood magic we filmed these like all in a couple times and changed our shirts or whatever you know it's like these are still all old there was that many of them like but these are not because like they're trying to get on the sliding into the dm thing now these are just yeah. And then we had one guy that was like threatening to go to the police. Oh, yeah. The guy sent me a picture. It wasn't like his full on dick, but he was in his underwear and um, like had a boner. And <laughs> he was like, he would message me all the time every other day. And I never, ever responded to him. And um, I so I read some of his stuff. And uh, Chris, when he was making the video, flashed the picture. And the guy wrote me and said, that's my intellectual property. <laughs> you know, intellectual is a pretty strong term to use. Yeah, I was like, there's nothing intellectual about that. And um, going to the police with this, I need to take it down. I said, please go to the police with this. I hope you do because they're going to laugh at you. So um, wh where did the idea come from? Because it's a brilliant idea. And I think that it, it did a lot of good. I mean, at least maybe now guys that are douchey like that might think twice before they do something like that. Yeah, well, I had started, I remember I got one back in June that was so horrific. I read it on the, it was just like really graphic, really graphic. And I screenshotted that and then I had, they come in all the time and I read through them. I never deleted them because I was, and if it's really bad, I'll go block the person, yeah. but I never deleted them because I felt like I wanted to do something with them. So that day I went back and screenshotted all, I mean, I spent a whole day going through uh, my DMs and the Palm Pops DMs and screenshotting them. And I made a f photo album on my phone. And then when we were on tour with Mass Intruder, we brought along Chris Grau, who does our music videos. And he was filming some content. And um, I just was reading one for fun. And I kind of, wanted to do Twitter and put them out just on Twitter. And I read one and then I kept reading and Chris was like, Oh, let me film that. This is funny content for the, you know, tour stuff. And then I kept reading them. He's like, okay, I'm stopping. This is a thing that I seriously thought you had like a few of them and we could, but you have so many, we need to make this a, a series. Let's film it, you know, right. And you guys can read both of yours and from the band. Yeah, so then we just spent the rest of the time, like, on that drive where I was, like, going through all mine and screenshotting them, and we were just all dying. Like, 
just like, holy shit, we can do a lot with all this. Yeah, so we filmed uh, them a lot. Oh, yeah, like Polly was saying, we had different episodes come out, but all of that stuff was from the first initial batch. Yeah. Yeah. So we just started filming again, um, but before we were, uh, you know, quarantined and all that, filming some of this stuff. So we'll have some more. So there are some more episodes coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that's really annoying about it is when we post a picture on our Instagrams, then people leave comments, oh, this is just bait for DMs. Get ready for more DMs. And it's not the case we should that's the whole problem just because we're posting a picture of ourselves um doesn't mean it's an invitation to say something raunchy or um disgusting and and the fact that people think that we're putting that out there as bait I mean, those are, that's this, the, the whole, you don't get it at that point. Yeah. Because yeah. we can post whatever we want and you can comment and talk to us. And we're, we always talk to people or our fans at shows. We'll write back, comment people, but that's not the way to get us to write back to you. Well, I've, I've never understood. I had uh, Melissa Brooks from the Aqua Dolls, who's another band that, that Rick oh, works yeah. with. She was on the program about a month ago. And we were kind of talking about, you know, the messages that they get on their social media. And I can't even imagine, like, even if it wasn't an artist that I was reaching out to, just like a girl that maybe I wanted to go on a date with when I was single. Why anything like those messages you guys get would even, why you would think that would remotely work. I just don't, (laughs) I don't understand it at all. Yeah. It's like when guys think that they're like cat calling is going to work. Yeah. I would, yeah, like. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago that my kids bus stop and it's like i seriously think about these things like oh maybe i shouldn't wear like it's not even short shorts but just like shorts with my like tube sock whatever i'm just lounging around that's my you have to like it's annoying to have to like think about that before for whatever reason i shouldn't but and then like i'm standing at the bus stop and like two cars go by and both of them like whistle at me and like slow down and <laughs> the like, bus stop if I whistle really well, she's going to get in my car with me. <laughs> yeah. And I like texted my husband. And I'm like, okay, like just let you know this car, if I disappear, this was an Uber <laughs> driver. It yeah. was an Uber driver and a guy in a green truck. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just, I just don't understand it, but I'm, I'm excited. There's going to be more episodes. I think uh, you guys are doing God's work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By exposing all these douchebaggy guys out there. But uh, okay. So uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was the production of the new record. It's so great. A good buddy of mine, Yo Tom from Useless ID, he helped out. I know Fat Mike had a lot to do with it. And then uh, Chris Fogel from The Gamuts. What was everybody's like, I I guess, what did everybody do? I know that Yo Tom was out in Denver with you guys. Did Mike make an appearance as well? Like, how did everybody contribute? No. Mike suggested we work with yo tom and that was after um actually mike suggested that he produced the record (laughs) well at the time we were just said no because we wanted to not do it in la and also um and mike's great and all but oh we just wanted to to do our own thing with it but mike mike vince so we when we wanted to do it with fogel of the gamuts who also did fear of missing out and 
um, we told Mike and Mike's like, you guys can do whatever you want to do. And then he called later and he's like, okay, I got someone. I want to produce your record. <laughs> We're like, okay, well, we already got someone that's our record. And he's like, no, but listen, it's, it's going to be great. And, um, he suggested Yotam and that, that moment, um, I know that Yotam and Chris Vogel had worked together before on some stuff. And I was like, okay, that's a really good suggestion, Mike. And Mike was like, you gotta do it. He's great. He's going to be great for your band. And so we went ahead and did with that. So Chris Vogel and Yotam both produced it. Mike had some, a lot of, um, to do with the production after we recorded. Okay. So, and also, and also his suggestion of of us going with Yotam and Yotam though was very involved before we even went into the studio. Um, before we went to Denver with my songs, I voice memoed, you know, my songs to him before we even really decided to work with him. I had set voice memo of three of my songs to Yotam of, you know, this is, how they are these are how i think they are and he then voice memoed me back with what he would yeah what he would do with the songs for the most part he added chords and kind of rearranged it and what the first one he sent me made me cry i was like oh my god this is amazing and the second one was great too and then the third one i was like i like my way better he's like oh no worries yeah yeah we can you can or maybe you could i could take a stab and try some a different approach to it and so he was very cool about it and then Polly um, hadn't sent him stuff, so we so we she needed to meet, meet with him and see how like he vibed with her songs, and so then the decision was made to go out there. And um, he was with us the entire time. And then after we recorded, um, we didn't quite have enough time to you know. There's a lot of other um, harmonies and stuff that added that we added later. And we actually were okay, but Mike was like, ah, where's your high harmonies? Where's your this? Where's that? And so Mike had a lot of really great suggestions. So that's the three of them really did have, um, they, they all had a great hand in it. So speaking of Fat Mike, uh, you know, now that we're in this quarantine because of the virus, they're releasing a lot of no effect stuff, videos, brand new songs. And I was checking out the other day on, on YouTube the new song, I Love You More Than I Hate Me. And who do I see playing the song with the bomb pops? How did that all come about? <laughs> Mike just told us that he wanted uh, and Chris that he wanted us to be in the video. And Chris Grau, who does our videos, we introduced him to Mike. And Mike is using him for everything now. Mike loves working with Chris Grau. So Mike's said that he wanted us to be like the band singing the song in the video and how can you say no to that well and, and i mean also you know smelly's dying in the bathtub and, and polly's peeing in the sink <laughs> it's a great video i know and i really peed in it too you really did <laughs> yeah chris was like the director was like oh shit the director was like okay we're done and i'm like i'm not <laughs> i was still going and there's like everyone in there. Like everyone saw my vagina for sure. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I've had you guys on the phone for a while. Uh, I want you to get back to uh, your, your families or whatever you're doing. Cause uh, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I do have a couple uh, listener questions if you guys wouldn't mind. Okay. Awesome. So you guys, <laughs> you guys can both like answer like separately or whatever, but uh, Bob okay. from California 
He wants to know what one song or album is helping you get through this crisis. We'll go with Jen and then we can go with Polly. Well, it's a um, tough one, right? It's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah. I think music in a weird way has been making me sad the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, I want to go play. I, well, there's a, an album that was I was listening to a lot the day that everything kind of went down and it's it's marty robbins ballad of buster scruggs oh um, is, is that from that movie that's on netflix there's a movie called that i think on netflix yeah there's a coen brothers movie vignettes and it's called ballad of buster scruggs and he's this country guy they read they cover that his song cool water in uh, ballad of buster scruggs and so i i was looking at it on spotify and i found marty robbins and this is just the most incredible <laughs> kind of you think it's goofy um, country songs it's incredible so that i think that's gonna be like time stamp in my mind as yeah. this thing yeah you'll like always remember it like yeah but the other one is um i uh, i got the new get dead album it's not out yet but uh, i have um, i have some of it sam's supposed to send me the rest of it i i kind of just asked yeah, I, I got it and it's <laughs> fucking so good holy shit i heard a lot of the demos like there for a while after sam was on the show he was sending me all the demos so yeah i can't wait to hear the whole thing it, it, yeah. I, I love those guys it's the new so trio was pretty exciting too that oh yeah i haven't checked it out yet is it pretty good <gasps> you have to check it out pretty I will. good I will, it's definitely. so good all three songs are so different and they're yeah. so exactly what you want from them I can't wait to hear more. Okay, yeah, so I, I, oh, I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? No, that's that's a good one. Like for me, because I just we were adopting our dog and we were checking out the new Alkaline Trio, and it was like a, an exciting thing to like listen to because it came out. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, I've got uh, one more question, uh, Christopher from Illinois. This is kind of a weird question. He said, if you had to eat only one type of cereal on tour for the rest of your life, if we ever get a tour again, what would you choose as far as cereal is concerned? Mm. God, I think I got to say Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Apple Jacks. I don't know. Oh, my God. I haven't had Apple Jacks Dude. in so long. And those are my favorite. <laughs> Slices of apples. I used to, it's so bomb. You put apple jack on apples and eat that shit. What if you put it on peanut butter on the apple and the apple jacks is it? So good. So good. <laughs> peanut butter, like a little like break in between the apple stuff. And yeah. What about cinnamon uh, toast crunch? Oh. Fuck. I love it. It's my favorite. So I, my immediate answer is something way more boring because um, I would choose a high fiber. <laughs> cereal um because it'll keep me regular on tour so if i have to only eat one cereal, it would be the one that i'm gonna benefit from okay i, I get it yeah. okay whatever <laughs> polly polly was going with taste and like coolness I and my, <laughs> yeah i need to keep my poop regular on tour. i do you know you know i yeah. do <laughs> okay well i've got one more i think we've got time if you guys are down tony from montana he wants to know, and this is kind of a question a lot of people always ask, if you could tour with any band, like still active or not active, who
who would you choose? We'll go with Polly first. Green Day. Green Day, okay. Well, I know you guys have a connection with Billy. Didn't he like hook you guys up with guitars or something? He did. He did. <laughs> He's up to the tour now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably, I'd say Green Day, something like yeah, some like, arena rock. Yeah. I'd do it. <laughs> That'd be fun, right? So or Blink, Blink or, you know, Green Day. Weezer. So the thing with Billy Joe, like, can you guys take me through that? Like, have you guys met him a few times? Like, how did that all come about when he get, when he hooked you guys up? Uh, we just met him through our um, on the internet. Really, like he started following the Bomb Pops, and then uh, he talked to us a lot about our guitars. Uh, he was always interested in our. Uh, Polly and I have some pretty cool guitars. I'm gonna say yeah, that we yeah. got from our friend in Switzerland who does these um, guitars, um, and Neil has some from him as well. So that's kind of how the conversation started. And then I have the old Billy Joe signature. And we did meet him at a Green Day show. He went to a Green Day show and he was like, how can you ever my guitar? <laughs> I was like, well, I don't because the few issues I have with that particular model. Um, it, like it wasn't staying in tune. And also the output on the pickup that it came with was super, super hot that it just had to like back out of my and tips and mod it. And I modded it that way. And it really did help. He's like, that's what he's done to his, he puts in a, this antiquity PM in there. Um, and so, yeah. I don't actually I don't know if Antiquity whatever it is, it's, it's a pickup called Antiquity. Um, then yeah, so I think he just wanted us to play his new ones because we we had played his old ones before and yeah. I told them <laughs> You sent Jen a message and I was like, What is we were on tour too. I was sleeping in the back seat and Jen's like, Hey Billy Joe just hit me up and said he's sending us guitars and I was like, What the <laughs> What? We were like rolling up to the show. It was like perfect timing. And I was like, it was like around Christmas yeah. time. And I was like, best Christmas present ever. That's awesome. Well, if he listens to this, Billy, Billy, can, we, we met a long time ago. I'd love to have you on the show, man. I, I got your girls here that I'm talking to. You need to come on as well. That's right. He's probably we'll he's probably not listening. <laughs> not through Maybe any fault of know. yours. You never know. You never know when he's lurking, you know? Like we tripped out when he was following the Bomb Pops and then following us and then when we met him, the first thing he said to me was like, "Your kid is adorable, by the way." And I'm like, "What the?" <laughs> fuck? No, listen, listen to this. Okay, so I I've known Stefan from the Descendants for a while. I wouldn't say we're like super close, but we've kind of <laughs> been in the same circles and we've met and we've talked. When I went to do my interview with him for the podcast when they were on tour, the first thing he said, like, my last name is Swinney, and on all my social media, my son, we call him Mini Swinney. And the first, uh-huh. the first thing that Stefan said is, how's Mini Swinney doing? And I oh. almost passed out. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> I, I know. know. It's like when they're, like, asking about your kids, it's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, Billy Joe's been so, he's all, he's super sweet, and he just... Sometimes I'll leave like a comment when we're on tour and stuff. He was just like, guys look like you guys are having fun. Or what did he say one time? I forget what we were doing. We were posted up in a hotel. I think we flew home from Europe. But we flew to the fest. I mean, it's like three days before the fest. And we were just kind of recharging in a hotel. And we were 
remember we were filming those like horror type movies in the hall like doing stuff and he, he commented or he wrote us a message and was like it looks like you guys can have fun in a windstorm <laughs> <laughs> so it's just nice to know that like people like that are watching and paying attention he wrote us and said that the song like when the Notre Dame came out said it was a good song and he wrote us when we did can of, uh, can of beer <laughs> dear dear beer, dear beer. <laughs> Even I, even I know the names of your songs better than you do. <laughs> mix up can of worms and deer beer. Can of beer. Can of beer. Check out this new song. Can of beer. Deer worms. Yeah, he said that deer beer was like the song of the summer. So just it's always just really random, really nice, encouraging things. Oh, that's awesome. Well, hopefully uh, we'll get a hashtag going. Billy Joe, come on that one time on tour. The bomb set, bomb pop said okay. so. That's a really long, yeah. really long hashtag. <laughs> But uh, so I know that we're all kind of on lockdown. We've talked about it quite a bit. Are there any talks of like future plans for the band? I know you're going to go on tour at some point, but like, what is the camp thinking about right now? Um, there's no way to, there's just no actual way to predict this stuff. So we're lay low where everybody's the same in the same boat. Like I don't even want to, it's not even worth like talking about what, Shows when it's as soon as it's safe, we'll be playing shows. Okay, that's cool. all there is. Yeah, cool. Well, do you guys yeah. want to uh plug uh your socials or anything before we get out of here? Yeah, you can find us like everything is at the bomb pops. We, we've got slash the bomb pops everywhere Instagram at the bomb pops, Facebook.com slash the bomb pops, Twitter slash the bomb pops. Um, check out our YouTube channel too. Yeah, you kinda- got, your videos are great, by the way. Thank you. We have a lot of fun with them. Um, and um, yeah, check out YouTube. I think it's slash the bomb pops as well. Cool. Well, I got, I just want to say thank you guys so much. You know, Jen, this is your second time on the show. The first time was a little, a little weird. Yeah. You're in the van with teenage bottle rocket. We didn't get to talk about very much. But. Yeah. It was like super weird. Cause I was like, I don't even like talking in the van, on the phone, you know, even if it's fine, but yeah. not, in that band and just, it's just loud and I don't like listen to <laughs> well I just want to say thank you guys thank you guys so much Polly it was nice to have you on maybe we'll have you on for a part two and we'll just keep going back and forth back and forth so uh yeah. when this comes out I'll let you guys know I'd like to give a shout out to Vanessa for hooking this up and I gotta say that yeah. Shout out to Vanessa for doing an awesome job always. Oh, yeah. And shout out to Rick, your manager, one of the, the best dudes ever. Yes. <laughs> and totally. shout out to Mike and everybody at Fat. It's it's a wonderful label, and I'm, I'm glad you guys have found a home for your band, and I think you guys have great things coming in the future. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Cool. Well, I will sure. talk to you guys well, later. and uh, hit us up whenever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Stay safe. Stay healthy. <laughs> you guys stay safe, too. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Bye. Okay. Peace. Bye. So there it was, my conversation with Jen and Polly from The Bomb Pops. I got to say, I had a great time having Jen and Polly on the show, and hopefully they'll be back in the future. It'll be Jen's third time, Polly's second time, starting to go back and get some guests coming back for their second times. You know, Jordan was on the show. Jordan, formerly of Strung Out, was on the show a couple times, and uh, yeah, it's just nice. I'm, I'm starting to, now that I hit the 100 mark, I'm starting to have some people back on the program. But I also have a lot of new people coming up as well. Some crazy guests that you guys are going to have to wait. In the coming weeks, I may be putting out more than one episode a week. Might to, You know, everybody's at home and they've got time to do stuff. So maybe I'll try to get some more content up. But that is it for this week. 
Next week on the program, it's going to be a good one. Mr. Fred Mascherino from The Color Fred and formerly of Taking Back Sunday. We had such a great time talking. And since we did the interview, uh, he's actually, I've seen on Facebook, he's been doing this cool thing where he like gives you the stems of this song that he wrote and you can like remix it and you can add your own guitar stuff and you can sing over it. And and it, it's cool the stuff that's happening during this pandemic, during the lockdown. People are creating really cool content and they're, you know, they're collaborating across like weird, you know, like remote platforms and using Zoom and Skype and everything. And I don't know, it's it's a, it's kind of cool that we have all this technology to get us through this. I was just talking to my wife the other day and man, could you imagine if we were going through this back the last time it happened, like the, the Spanish flu, like 1917. I mean, I guess they didn't know what they had, you know, they didn't know what a computer was or anything, but man, if I just had to sit around all day with like no TV and no cell phone and not work on a podcast or not play my guitar or whatever, I would, I'd be going crazy. So I'm glad that we have some distractions during this crazy thing. And I will never take for granted again, just being able to go to a restaurant or go to work or I don't know, like shake someone's hand that you meet for the first time. That's the weirdest thing. I'm a hugger. I like to shake hands. And I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I was watching a show today where somebody was saying some like medical expert was saying that we're going to have to wear masks in public for like the next two years. And I, it's going to be a new normal and uh, it's going to be strange, but we're going to have to get, get used to it and uh, stick together and make sure that we take care of each other. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. And I hope you're doing well during all this craziness, the crazy times that we're living in. Like I said, you can call the hotline or send me an email, whatever. I want to know how you guys are doing with all of this stuff that's going on. So you can call the hotline. It is 1-765-372-8818. Also, I've started this new thing over on the Facebook group. What record changed your life? I would like you to call the hotline as well or send me an email or whatever. Tell me about the record that changed your life. And uh, I will play a song off of that record and give you a shout out in, on a radio segment. So I hope you guys are doing well. You can always send me top five lists. I also have the two-year anniversary episode, the Ask Chris episode coming up. Uh, it's kind of 50-50 if my wife's going to be involved because last time my mother watched my kids and we got to record the podcast. But this time we're here quarantined and we don't know if it's going to happen. But I'm still going to do the Ask Chris segment and I'll, I can still ask my wife some questions. So if you have any questions for Felicia as well, Hit me up on any of the socials, shoot me an email, call the hotline, do whatever you want. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody that has donated on Venmo. It's been really, really cool. Like sometimes I feel weird asking like, oh, if you want to donate to help the show. But you know, in these times when, you know, I ha I've been out of work for a month and the podcast does cost some money to keep going. Like I do have a network, but there's a lot of costs that are incurred with doing it. And you guys are super generous and I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, if you guys are feeling generous, hit it up at Venmo at Christopher Swinney. That'd be amazing. If not, totally fine, man. I totally understand. Believe me, nobody's got extra money to kick around these days. So uh, that's it for this week. Like I said, next week on the show, Mr. Fred Mascherino from The Color Fred and formerly of Taking Back Sunday. It's a wonderful conversation. And uh, maybe I'll try to get it out early for you guys. So yeah, that's it. I'm going to leave you guys with my favorite song on the new Bomb Pops record, it is called Double Arrows Down. It's actually the song we were talking about when Polly was talking about being on tour and and having her seizure and she kind of like passed out. And and this song, the lyrics kind of 
you know, are right along with that whole experience. We talked about it in the conversation. So please go out and get some bomb pop stuff. Hit up fatrec.com, you know, check them out on Spotify, whatever. Their new record is amazing and you're going to love it. If you haven't checked it out already, it's called death in Venice beach, but this is the bomb pops with double arrows down. I will see you guys next week. Chris out. I'm sitting here. With fear, it's not fair. I'm just sick of being scared. Sometimes life deals you a shitty hand. Sometimes your day doesn't go as planned. But with me, I feel like all I do is Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.